So we just wanted to go over, I mean, it's obviously a big win like yesterday. We just wanted to go over some positives and some negatives. And yeah. we've got the Packer homer over here wearing his, wearing his Packer green. The big Packers game. It's playoffs. A, it's a big game. Starts, the, the run starts tonight. I put in the last show that they're playoff bound. But, you know, you want to have a level head when you watch the Bengals like, like you do. You don't want to just get swept up in the 17 nothing comeback. And I don't want to overly put on the positives because that's what everyone talks about. You want to talk about some of the negatives. Can we talk about how Jamar Chase was getting bullied, pushed around in that first half? Did anyone else notice that? I wasn't. I didn't really see that. I mean, listen, here's the thing. you got to understand, as a Bengals fan, Tampa Bay has – a playoff-worthy defense. In yeah, fact, Tampa Bay, if you gave them a quarterback that was worth his weight, they they would be – I'm being serious. They would be a legitimate playoff contender. Their line is bad, bad. But you're right. I, 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 I'm just telling you. I, I, I think that their defense is good. And oftentimes, some, at least from a Bengals perspective, you're probably wondering, like, what's going on? Our offense isn't clicking, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes the other team's just as good. This is the NFL. It's hard to win in this league. And I, I – to the Bengals' credit, though, as they've done time and time again, they found a way to win when things weren't going well. That is that is one overwhelming positive about this Bengals team is, and I think the world of Marvin Lewis. I thought I, I thought he was a great coach. I thought he changed the complexion of this franchise. But if a Marvin Lewis-led team went down 17 to nothing, 17 to 3, right. against Tom Brady, that game, there's no doubt in my mind that that game ends up being 30 to 10. 30 to 10. The, the, the just mentality of the Bengals since last season has been far and away better than anything I've seen from the Bengals my entire lifetime. The one thing you can take away with the Bengals that I think that you need to be, as a fan, you need to be like very thankful for is that they found themselves in positions last year. And I'll use the term last year because I'm one to believe. I think that things can transfer or translate year after year. It's been proven in this league, right? Like yeah. the Steelers were good for – a long time with Roethlisberger, right? In, in, in the in the Brady's, like the same thing can be said about Burrow. Like things that happened last year can be leaned upon this year, and they already have been. So, like I think one thing to be thankful for is that they've been in the spot before where they've been down, and they've they've found ways to win. To whereas if they are down, there's not slumping heads. There's no one feeling sorry for themselves. They genuinely think that something's going to happen. They're not going to. They're not going to be able to tell you exactly, but they're going to say something's going to happen in this game, and we're going to find a way to win. And so, case in point, I think that uh, Casey brought this up maybe like a week ago or, or two weeks ago when they played the Chiefs. There's like sideline audio. I think it was Pratt. Was it Pratt, the linebacker on the sideline? Didn't watch and he's it. like, um, at a wedding. He said something along the lines on the sideline. He said, "We're just going to get a turnover right here, and we're going to find a way to win this game." Yeah, and that yeah. was the thought. Like, obviously, on the sideline, that was the talk. Bad teams or teams that don't have success, they don't talk like that. Like, they're waiting for something bad to happen. And I think the Bengals are in a position, finally, to where they're not the old Bengals. They, they, they look forward mm -hmm. to winning. They believe they're going to win. Now, I think there's a lot of things that, I, that, that, that this team lacks that no might doubt. show up in the postseason, but they might not. And I just think, like, from Tom's perspective, obviously, we'll, we, we could try to cheer Tom up. But it's like, enjoy it. You know, like that's the one thing I would say, like, enjoy it. Never Embrace the fact that your team expects to win. Never take it for granted. Never take this, this run, this team, JB9, don't take any of it for granted. Don't think that what we're doing is just the norm, which that's how you want it to be, but don't ever take it for granted.
And, you know, I looked up since last year, and I know that's, that's what Tom doesn't want to say, and you, you brought it up, but since last year, the Bengals have been playing late in the fourth quarter or outright winning in every game but three. There was only three games that they were out of it, twice against the Browns and then the Chargers last December when that really weird game. Every other game, the Bengals have been fighting in the fourth quarter, which is all you want as a fan right. is to watch your team compete and have a chance to win late. There's a chance – there's always a chance for the Bengals to find a way to win, it feels like, when Joe Burrow is back there. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think that there are things that this that this team, as we say, if you want to point out a few of the negatives. Um, for, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the injury bug. There, there's obviously some health concerns at this point with yeah. the Bengals. you got to figure out whether or not they're going to be limping into the postseason or if they're going to be a team that kind of gets hot late. They've been hot. And I don't, maybe the chat thinks I'm stupid for saying this, and maybe you guys are being curious from the Bengals fandom. Do you, do you want them – I know you don't want them to lose a game, but I, in all honesty, the chances of them getting a one-seater, like, slim to none, right? They've got to win – if they if the Chiefs went, lose one game and the Bengals went out, they're the one seed. Yeah, and I just say this about the Bengals. If you're not going to get the one seed, which is the only team that gets a bye – Yep. Then at that point, I'd rather just rest my guys and live with just going to the postseason as healthy as you possibly can. Because I don't know if there's that big of an advantage, and I know people are going to kill me when I say this. I don't know if there's that. Would you rather? Here we go. You rather play, you want to play this game, Bengal fans? Would you rather limp into the postseason, kind of how it feels right now from a health perspective, mm -hmm. or go on the road and play a home game? Excuse me. Or go on the road and play the Jaguars or the Titans? I'd rather, like, I'm not saying lose the division on purpose, but, like, if you went into the last week of the season, would you rather rest some of your guys if you know you're automatically in? Or I guess I know the answer. There's no way you're not going to play to win the division. But I genuinely would consider, I'd rather, I would rather go on the road, play the Jags or the Titans on the road than to play the Chargers or the Dolphins at home if you win the division. Well, there's going to be weird situations going into that Week 18 game against the Ravens where... The possible outcomes are, if we win, we can be the number one seed because the Chiefs have lost. If we win, we win the division outright. If we lose, we play the Ravens again in Baltimore this time. If we lose, we could we could go to Tennessee. So there's going to be so many swirling possibilities that it's 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 impossible to look at the crystal ball and say we got to win outright. But if you're asking me, if yeah, you, if you'd yeah. rather if you'd rather host the Chargers or go to Tennessee or go to Jacksonville. The question's pretty simple. You go to Jacksonville or Tennessee. Right. But there's no way to understand what that shakes out to, to look like until you get there. The one thing you don't want to do, it, the, the worst possible scenario is going into week 18, playing the Ravens, knowing that if you lose, you go back to Baltimore the next week and play the Ravens. I don't want to play the Ravens two times in a row. I don't want that at all. You don't want to play. Here's here's one thing that you don't definitely don't want in the NFL. You don't want to, and this sounds really dumb, but it's true. You don't want to have to beat a team three times in a row either. Like, if 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 I yeah, was if I was the Ravens, out, yeah. I'm just saying if I was the Ravens and I somehow won the last week of the season, I don't want to have to play the Bengals again. Well, if you remember 12 years ago, the Bengals had it already clinched the postseason. They're playing the Jets the final week of the year. And they rest a bunch of players against the Jets. The Jets need a win to get in the postseason. They rest a bunch of players. Um, the Jets win. We then host the Jets the next week in the postseason, and the Jets blitzed us. There's two kids getting picked last at recess class right now in the AFC. 
in yeah. my opinion. The, the, the South. It's either the it's either whoever wins the South and the Ravens. Yeah. Those are those are the teams. Outside of that, I don't I don't really know if there's a pushover game in the AFC, and that's the difficult part with the Bengals. That if they win the division, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to like spin a negative or a positive into a negative, but if they were to win the division, and if you had to go through the Chargers slash Miami, through the Bills, and then you got the Chiefs waiting on you, if you get to the Super Bowl, that is. Honestly, I haven't looked at the history of the league, but that's one of the, probably the most difficult roads to a to a Super Bowl that I've sure. probably ever seen. Let's get back to to the Bengals and just some things that that you saw over the game. The one thing that had been getting better, getting significantly better over the past few weeks was the run game, and the run game was non-existent this week. They averaged two and a half yards a carry. The interior line really got pushed around. That was that's the recipe to slow down this team. Right. Is if you push back the interior line, the the center and guards, to to you know shrink Joe Ver, Joe Burrow's vision when he drops back and make him scramble. Because when when you when you come around, obviously, then you don't see it as much, and yeah. you know you can Step focus. Up in the pocket. Right. But when they're pushing back the interior line and the the run game's not there, that. That was why we couldn't move the ball in the first half. So the run game needs to c- keep progressing. And then secondly, with the pass rush, and I've been on this for a while, I think the Bengals' defense is one of the best in the league that's obviously shown. I think that the pass rush is the key to opening up, unlocking all of the Bengals' defensive possibility. And with Sam Hubbard out, that's going to – there was no pass rush in the first half against the Bucks, and they were eating our secondary alive. Second half come out, you get a pass rush, all of a sudden the secondary plays a lot better. And and the, those wide open plays, the, the big chunk plays that the Bucks were getting in the first half were non-existent. With Sam Hubbard being out and with the secondary not I, I hear what you're saying. Being hurt as they are, it's gonna you're you're we're gonna see what this depth looks like for the Bengals. And that's the one thing that was that was nice about this Bengals this past year is the depth on the defensive side by getting Dax Hill, getting Cam Taylor Britt had, you know, made this defense so much better. But now we're really going to see just how deep Lou Anarumo's defense can be. Well, you already heard me. You, you already know my thoughts about the whole running game with Mixon and P. Ryan. And I think that, you know, maybe it's just a coincidence that, 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 that Mixon comes back, P. Ryan takes a back seat. Next thing you know, the running, ba- the running game isn't what it used to be. So, and I'm not trying to, to crush crush Mixon, but I just think that sometimes P. Ryan is similar to a Derrick Henry, and I'm not trying to compare those two. I know Derrick Henry is really, really More good. More power back, right. But, yeah, a guy that just you don't want to tackle in the third and fourth quarter because you're just tired of it. And the other thing I would say about the Bengals is, like, their flaws, quite frankly, are the flaws of many other teams. They're not – it's not like they have something that's so bad mm-hmm. that you're like, oh my gosh, that's going to be the de- that is going to be the detriment to us. And the only thing that I can think of that right now that would be a little bit concerning is really just the health. And it's not even like something you can control. So I wouldn't even concern myself over it or worry about it. It's just like hopefully you get, hopefully you get. Uh, how, how long is Hendricks out? Hendricks, well, Dan Horde said that he's not going to play this week. He's looking to come back for Monday Night Football with a club. Against the Bills. Like, obviously, he's going to be wearing a club going forward. Um, but, yeah, hopefully to be back for Monday Night Football. Emperor brings up the point that P. Ryan ran some of this game and he didn't do any better than Mixon. That's not – like, if you want to just box score, like, compare stats, that's one thing. What I'm trying to say is is that hand the ball to P. Ryan a significant amount and then see what happens towards the end of the game. I, hand, the, hand the ball to Mixon throughout the game and see what happens at the end of the game. It's two different backs. They have two different styles. I just think there's, there's times where the – 
the Bengals didn't have to do this yesterday so much because they got the ball handed to them in their own yeah. side of the field a bunch, and they took advantage of it, give them credit. So they didn't have to like really, they didn't have to have long sustaining drives. But I do think that there's some times where Zach, and I know this is easy to do with Burrow, he does abandon the run from time to time. Right, and, 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 and that's easy to do when you got a guy. Right, when there. you get you you, you like, get it to your yeah. most trusted most trusted player, right? Yeah. I mean that's when when you fall back and you don't know what to do. You, and to play devil's advocate, if he handed the ball off forty times a game and Joe Burrow only had twenty five passes and you lost, you'd be right. like you'd be asking yourself, what the hell are we doing? So you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's why players win games and coaches lose them. Sure. The thing about Samaje that. You, you've been on is you, you're saying he should get more of the snaps. I thought the recipe was, was good once Joe Mixon came back to where earlier in the year Joe Mixon was taking 80% of the snaps as the running back. Since Samaje had played played well and Joe Mixon's come back, it's been about 55-45 leaning Joe Mixon. I think that's the recipe that works, keeping both backs fresh. The thing that was interesting to me was just the usage of the running backs yesterday. They had Joe Mixon stepping up to block for Joe Burrow and third down plays multiple times. That that's that's not using your players properly. Obviously, Samaje Pirine's the better the better back to block. Secondly, they ran a play. They ran a shovel pass pitch play to Samaje on the edge early in the game, and you're wondering what are we doing? Samaje is the back that's good between the the, right. the tackles. You're doing the opposite of their skill sets. Right. Let's get it to Joe Mixon, the elusive back. And let him shake on the outside. What are we doing? Let's let's get people in areas to succeed. You don't like pitch plays succeed. with P. Ryan, right? That, that, that <laughs> doesn't work a whole lot. Doesn't work very well. Um, King Lou, this is the take that I just it just yeah. it just stirs me up, man. And I hey, give Lou credit. I hope he basks <laughs> in the glory as long as he can. And I don't know if I don't know if it's as, is as bad as I make it out to be, but I can't stand it. I'll be honest with you. You can't stand the King Lou talk? I just can't stand the Lou talk. I just, it just, it just eats me alive because it's like one of those things where I really don't think that there's a significant amount of things during that game yesterday that he does differently no matter what happens. Yes. Like, came out and rushed the passer significantly better, which led to a much um, limited, more limited Buccaneers offense. I, I just listen. I think I think that the he players the on the hood. field make plays. The defensive coordinator from time to time they make a difference. Yes, but the, the the he's put on this pedestal around town, like like he's the reason that the Bengals are making all these comebacks. Like he's the re in in my opinion. I, I of course I'm just going through listen. Twitter. It's oh, like oh King Lou's gonna Trace. cook. No, they snap the man to the up back. No, listen to me. They snap the ball to the up back, and somehow. Like, King Lou's getting credit for the Bengals starting at their own 10-yard line. I'm just saying. Like, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be, like, a Debbie Downer about Lou. I just, like, if, if King Lou, if you want to call him that. Yeah, King Lou. Goes somewhere in the offseason. If he becomes a head coach, I'm not worried about it. I'm just not. Well, they'll, be, they'll be good again next year. Well, it, it, the fact that the Bengals' defense is doing this with, you know, relatively – unknown names if you ask people outside of Cincinnati to name players on the Bengals defense they couldn't do it they couldn't they couldn't name you a single player probably maybe Trey Hendrickson other than that I mean a lot of people would know Eli Apple but other than that this defense is a bunch of relative no names and Lou Anarumo has this team averaging eight points they're giving up eight points in the second half that's tied with the Bills 
That's tied with the 49ers. And that's tied with the Cowboys. Some would say three of the best defenses in the league. They're all averaging eight points. The only team that's doing better, believe it or not, is the Denver Broncos. All I'm saying is that, <laughs> that I think the Bengals have a good defense. And sure, I'm not here to say that, that, that Lou doesn't have anything to do with it. Obviously, he's the coordinator. But at the same time, I'm not going to go out here and act like this is the guy, that this is the man, because this is the same guy. And Bengals fans will, will say they, they don't believe this, but this is the same guy that the guys wanted fired all about 14 months ago. Lou Anarumo? What? Who wanted Lou Anarumo fired? Wait, wait a minute, timeout. You're telling me at the be at beginning of the season last year with the Bengals, people were, people didn't want him just out on the streets? No. No, I don't think anybody wanted Lou Anarumo. No one has right. ever wanted Lou Anarumo. Well, I'll start started. digging him up. I'll start. We'll, we'll see. I this. mean, like, maybe. I'll stand. No, 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 no. I'll stand corrected if I don't later today take my time out of my day, go through Twitter. I'm going to go back about 14 months, and I'm just going to start pulling screenshots, and I'll probably have plenty. We'll see. Well, I mean, you can find people that might not know what they're talking about. Like, right. I mean, if you find fans, enough, if, like, you, if you look on Twitter, you can find pretty much about any uh, take yeah, you want. I'm saying a plethora of them, not just some no. one random fan. But no we'll one, on. no one, no one wanted Lou Anarumo fired. King Lou has been the name. Let me ask you something. Since the beginning of if last Lou Anarumo comes down with the flu, maybe he gets COVID. He can't coach for three weeks. I don't think, I, I really don't think there's that big of a difference. The, the, the better question is, is and I know a bunch of Bengals fans bring up, there's no chance that Lou Anarumo doesn't get a head coaching job this year. I, is, is that really, do we really think Lou Anarumo is going to get a head, head coaching job? What do he say? <laughs> he said, you think with those big ears, he'd listen better. He's, oh, he's no. mad at me. That's oh, fine. No. You can get oh, mad no. at me all you want. Bengals fans are sensitive people. They I've are. I've come to learn that. We are. I've come to learn that. You bring up the fact that Tom Brady handed the ball over four times on their own side of the field. And next thing you know, it's King Lou. Well, here's the thing that I want to want to directly address Bengals fans here. We got to have thicker skin here. No, a you lot guys of people, are some thin skin. A people. lot of people talking about that Tom said fairly good defense and are using it as like we want we want to get some acclaim from Tom. Like what what do you need? We know the Bengals are good. Why do you need other people to justify what we know? Don't have thin skin when people say fairly good defense. Look. Like I just said, the Bengals have no names, no no big names on the defensive side of the ball. We don't have Aaron Donald. We don't have Micah Parsons that people are like, oh, yeah, that defense got to be good. We don't have Von Miller. But we know that what this team brings together completes a very good defense. We don't need other acclaim, other people's acclaim to justify what we already know. I just want to make that very, very clear. Don't be clamoring for other people to give us credit. DJ Reader's a really good player. DJ Reader's legit. I actually have an argument for Trace's side. Ooh. Um, Lou Anarumo is not responsible for turnovers. It's players. Players are the ones that make the play to get the turnover. Now, you could say that Lou Anarumo coached those guys up and, you know, found the talent, scouted it out. But what we love Lou for is not the turnovers yesterday. What we love Lou for is that he's able to have a defense that doesn't score – or doesn't allow a touchdown in the second half for most of the season. That he he can game plan a a perfect game in the second half. Like he he he's adaptable. You know he's you know what he does. That is forward thinking. You know Go what ahead. Lou does. What does he do? You're driving down the highway. All of a sudden, your car, dunk 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 dunk. Check engine lights coming. There's smoke coming out. So you pull off. You know what Lou does really well. 
he pops that hood. He pops that hood and gives it a nice little self-diagnostics check. And he figures out where the weak points. And he, he sees the belt's broken. He fixes the belt. He gives it a quick oil change right on the side of I-75. That's what King Lou does. He pops that hood. I just think that it's one of those things where, again, I guess I guess coaches will get credit when, 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 when players are playing well is what I'll say about that. And give the Bengals credit. They, they take advantage of those opportunities. They have time and time again. But – I just don't believe that the guy – I think the guy is getting more credit than he deserves, and he'll probably get too much discredit when things are going bad as well. That's what fans do. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. That's that's the poison of being at a, at a job with, with a lot of responsibility, right, in sports, is you get very little you – get, you get the acclaim and you get the flack when, when things go, go south. I, do we think Luana Rumo is going to get a head coaching job? Because I don't think he is. You don't I, think? I think that he's a hot name in our, you know, Sphere. our region. Yeah, in our vacuum of Twitter. But is is he being talked about with other jobs? Like, are, is national well, media he has talking about? He applied before. He like, has applied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's got he's, he's gotten an interview, right? He's gotten. I think he got an interview last year. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many, but I know he's interviewed for a job before. So it's not like it'd be coming out of. Thin air. Right? Yeah, I, I I would wonder if he would want to wait for like a good spot, like for a well, team that has a good quarterback. Or I don't think he's that hot ticket. Of, I don't think he's that hot ticket of a, a head coaching job. Well, and the other thing too is you got to remember that the NFL is all offense now. Like, right, How many guys? Like, look at Matt Patricia. Like, how many guys that are right. defensive minded coaches are getting jobs? How many have been have have been hired in the past five years? Yeah, Dan Campbell. Uh, I mean, is yeah. he an offensive? He's a defensive minded coach, yeah, right? Look at Patricia. Yes, yeah. already, already gone. gone. Right. Yeah. Some of the greatest coaches of all time are all defensive guys. But though. but that's but that's not the trend in the NFL right now. Yeah. Ever since Sean McVay, you know, blew up how sure. how people look at coaches. Half it's, the league also like, used to run the Wildcat. What? I'm just saying, like, yeah, there, there, there's flavors of the month, sure. But I'm right. Not well, gonna, I'm I'm saying I'm not going to say that Lou RM is not going to get it. I know what you're trying to get at, but like, let's be honest. If 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 he's worth as if he's worth as much as we make him out to be worth. He's going to get a head coaching job. Right. Like, uh, 20 years ago, everyone hired defensive-minded coaches. Sean McVay, like, swung it in one direction really quickly, right? He like did. This, this Sean McVay guy came out of nowhere. Kyle Shanahan, Zach Taylor, yes. Matt LaFleur. Right. All these offensive-minded coaches, and that's that's the flavor. Yeah. And like, I, I think that people are like, oh, um, I see Zimmer's name brought up. Zimmer was a pretty good head coach, in my opinion. He was. He you was. Know? I mean, yeah, he might not have ever like gone and you know made a, made a big long push into the playoffs. NFC Championship. Yeah, that's the NFC Championship with Case Keenum. Yeah, I, I I think Zimmer was a good coach. Leader of men. One of those difficult things with um, <laughs> it's one of those difficult things with the NFL to where you know just like Peterson at, 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 with Philadelphia. Yeah. It's it's hard to it's hard to keep a job unless you're in Cincinnati in the NFL. Yeah, it is. You've you, you've got. I, I, the the leash needs to be longer than than two years or whatever. A lot of these guys are getting one year. Like, um, what's his name for the Raiders might might be gone after this year, but they need a longer leash. They don't need seventeen years or whatever. Marvin Lewis got. So the final thing we'll say about the Bengals is about the slow starts. I I, I can't identify why it's continually been a problem. It was a problem last year. It's been a problem this year that. It, it, is our script because they they follow scripts to start games? Is are, are we bad at drawing up scripts? 
Are we are we better on the fly like you do towards the end of ball game, second half, making adjustments? Are 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 we rope doping? What is what what is going on to where every single game it has this same mentality where it seems like we are we are behind the eight ball to start the game, and that was a big push to why the Bengals always want to receive to start the game as we, we want to set the tone. But even it seems like when we play good game, good teams, we are falling behind early, and I just don't, I can't identify where that's coming from, and it's frustrating that it's continually been a problem year after year or game after game rather, and that's. I I'm gonna sound. Um, I, I I think that the last few times I've watched, I think Burrow's gotten off to some slow starts, man. And I, I don't know what the tip pass thing's about. I know yeah. people are making a tip. big deal about that. I don't know if there's a reason to make a big deal about it yet. But Burrow, in my opinion, looked really bad against the Browns a few weeks ago. I know you guys made excuses for him and said he didn't have all of his receivers. He struggled didn't. a little bit yesterday. Every time they've lost to the Browns, it's been because of a, an opening drive interception. Which is, which is what happened yesterday. And I just I just think that – but, again, does it really matter? I think that Travis Steele brought this up one time during a, uh, uh, a halftime we're going, we're going to a good coaching. press conference. We, good, Travis good Steele's the guy you lean on when you need the, the best advice possible. That's true. That's true. And he said the most overrated thing in sports is the halftime score. So – I don't know if there's a huge deal to be made Steelisms. about that situation, but I do think that there's got to be some cause for concern about the tip passes. Now, I don't know enough about football to know exactly what that is. You could obviously argue that the quarterback could be taller, which is what most people do, but I think it has something to do with the linemen knocking guys' hands down or making sure they position their hands when they're blocking, and I, can, I could be way off base here. But I've heard people talk about how linemen, you know, making sure the way you block – We'll make it to where guys can't jump at the last second. Yeah. So maybe that's part of it. But there is this weird phenomenon going on where there's these tip passes and they're Happens causing some, some interceptions. Oh, man. MK MK's getting at you for, for the Travis Steele quote. You know, I jumped in. You you like to jump in on these Bengals Twitter spaces and, and, and give them, a lot of times, great knowledge. But I jumped in on Friday night to a Xavier to Xavier Twitter space, oh, yeah. and I was asked point blank who I think Georgetown should should hire if they get rid of Patrick Ewing. And man, the re- the reaction I got when I said Travis Steele and Wes Miller was incredible. <laughs> it was about as good of a reaction as you possibly could imagine. Those those Twitter spaces are are a blast. Yeah, they were down for like twelve hours because Elon. See, here's the thing about that I think it's funny with the chat sometimes. Like, people think I'm being serious right now. That's what's that's what's lost on on me. I I, it's the same it's the same types of people that that watch Tracy Jones, and then they they close the browser and they're like, I can't believe Marty Brenneman's gonna call a game for the Cyclones. (laughs) That's where we're at sometimes with folks. But that's here nor there. I'll let them I'll let them believe that I that I love Travis Steele if they think that. All right, let's let's look into uh, the NFL playoff picture. And I, Hurst Dude, is I, missing. I, by the way, Billy 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 brought up a good point. Hurst is a great player. Yeah, he's good. I think he's a really good player. Yeah, he's, and I, he's been missing. Well, what was what was the? Uh, you guys made fun of me last week because I said that if the Bengals, I think Sean over here made fun of me because I said if the Bengals probably aren't going to re-sign Tyler Boyd just because it's a cap cap thing. And I said, all right, well, if we're not going to re-sign Tyler Boyd, let's let's get another another weapon 
early in the draft, and he laughed. He's oh, you guys are so spoiled. And I was like, I'm sorry. I mean, I've, I've seen what happens when the Bengals right. have three or four targets that are all relatively useful with the three receivers and Hayden Hurst, and I want to see that continue. Hayden Hurst was a great, great upgrade. Great, great position. upgrade over C.J. Uzama. No yes. doubt about it. Um, do you, you still got? believe that the NFC is better than the AFC? Is that still a take that? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I mean, like, I, like, I, like, I just, like when you first brought up the take, I said, "Well, we'll see." I mean, I'm not gonna, not gonna sit here and argue. It, I but. mean, it, it, it really just—I don't know if there's a huge difference. I just think that there's a few teams in the NFC that are just nightmares to handle. Eagles and 49ers are yep. are probably the two best teams you just don't in the play, NFL. You don't want to play those teams in the playoffs because, you know, a lot of times, I also think in the, in the playoffs when when there's pressure-mounted situations, I would lean on the team to win the game that's more physical more times than not. And you're not going to find two more physical teams than the Eagles and the 49ers. Yeah. I I brought this up last Friday. I brought it up multiple times. We sat here. All these sports shows talked about, man, are the Eagles the best team in the league? Are the Eagles the best team in the league? And they have just blown that that right. conversation. I mean, they're – how I mean, sad is it going to be? And I'm not forecasting this to happen, but would it be? Would it just be a gut punch come March, and you turn around and you look, and the Eagles lose one game all year, and they just steamroll everybody in the playoffs, and you're just like, yeah, we probably should have seen that coming, right? But we just don't. The Eagles. I mean, they, they did struggle with the Bears yesterday. You want to talk? You want to talk about a team that the Eagles remind you of? You remember how good those pan that Panthers team was a few years ago? Cam Newton. Cam Newton, fifteen and one. Had MVP running quarterback, steamrolled everybody in the in the regular season. Get to the postseason, still winning games pretty handily, yeah. and then losing the losing the Super Bowl, never make it back. That's what that's the, that was my main message last week with the Bengals in the playoffs. It's like, and I'm not saying that that the that I, I think the Bengals' chances of getting a one seed are slim to none. Genuinely, I, I it's need the Chiefs it, to lose it, and get a win out, which they're three tough games. I don't think you win out. I, right, that's I just tough. don't. Now, having said that, would you have told me they were going to go whatever it is, six or seven and zero since the Browns? I would have said no. But here we are. So, I'm not saying that that's out of the question. I just think that the AFC side of things, the AFC has more depth than the NFC. There's no definitely doubt about it. Right. I put put all the ping pong balls in in in, in the hopper or whatever you want to say. Take every AFC team that's going to make the playoffs, spin it around. Pull, pull a name out, and as long as it doesn't say the Jags or the Titans on it that won the AFC, literally, that's the only two, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. Even the Ravens? Um, Good point. <laughs> right, even the Ravens. Uh, with a Lamar, honestly, if Lamar got hot for a few weeks, I think the Ravens could. Right. Yes. Now that's probably – they're right there on that borderline, though. I, I sat here on this show, and this is – you guys have been long stands of the Jaguars and the Lions. You obviously we put the been. you put the future in before the year for what six and a half wins. No, for the it Lions? wasn't. It was when you were gone. We were really. Well, you, you put one in we before were, the year for the for the Lions. For the Lions, I had a future over for the over winning that yeah, that over, already hit. Uh, that hit. Yep. That hit. And then you guys, while I was gone, put a bet in for both of them to make the postseason. I sat here on Friday, our last show, and told you guys, I was like, I don't think either one of these teams are going to make the postseason. And their chance to made the postseason both doubled this weekend by by winning games that they probably shouldn't have won. Can we talk about the fact that and not not very long, but chat Trevor Lawrence is starting to look like a guy Trevor that Lawrence can play some guy. football, man. It just took it just took our good friend Urban Meyer, friend of the show, Con 
That's what Kim. It just took him getting out of the way a little bit down there in Jacksonville, and they got things rolling. Colin Cowherd actually had a funny tweet about about. Uh, he said, "You watched Josh Allen magic last night. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, and Justin Herbert wizardry today. Then you turn on Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. <laughs> it's just a completely different sport at times. Isn't it funny watching these?" You know, even these good teams, like the like teams that win consistently, like the Titans, yeah, or you know these other you know physical teams, right? And you watch them play, and it's just a muddy mess. I was watching the Commanders and the Giants play right. last night, muddy mess, and I was just waiting for them to show a mirror image of Mick Cronin standing on both sidelines with a headset on. That's what it felt like, right? It's it was just like this is so ugly and disgusting. There's rock fights. There's people throwing rocks at each other everywhere. Nobody can score. And, and then you, you look up and you're like, oh, both these teams are going to make the playoffs. And then you watch what Josh Allen does in a blizzard. And you're like, man, this guy doesn't even look like he's playing the same sport. You watch Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, any of these top-tier quarterbacks. And it truly blows you away how much better, you know, having a, having the guy. I mean, everyone, you, you guys always say there are 11 guys play, play on the field. And that's true. There's no doubt about it. But more often than not, one guy... If there's what one you, guy that ever you, uh, controls Bengals the win fans, or and you can put it in the chat. Uh, you can put it just a simple number in the chat. This isn't a knock on the Bengals by any means. It, maybe it's just more of a, of a of an appreciation for Joe Burrow. If you took Jacoby Brissett right off the Browns and you put him on the Bengals, and you took Joe Burrow off the Bengals and you put him on the Browns, what are the what's the Bengals' record? Bengals' record is not as good as the Browns. But I don't think the Browns' record is probably like this. Was more about the Bengals. I, I guess I right. shouldn't have said where Joe Burrow went. But I was just meant like if, if if you took Jacoby Brissett and put him on the Bengals, they win how many games? And there's probably like five and nine instead of ten and four, right now. Wow, you only think they win five games? But I think I think if you put if you put Joe Burrow on the Browns, they're probably still like a ten. I don't think they're like a twelve and two team, but I think they're sit around ten and four. What about that stat that they brought up? Speaking of Tom Brady and as bad as he played yesterday, what about the stat that they brought up? When it was, when he was six and seven, it's the first time since two thousand and two that he had lost seven games in a season. That is, in the Bengals went ten and seven last year. I know. And Tom Brady had only had not done that in twenty years. Had not lost seven games. That's had not lost. Um, I thought it was he. He had never lost eight games. Okay, that's what it was. But yeah. had never had more than seven losses. Yeah, it's. Mind blowing. Just shows. I mean, he has his haters. He's deserved some haters, and he deserves a lot of claim. He gets more more praise than haters these days. But man, he when you when you list his accomplishments, it really is just jarring how good he has been in a league that has been incredibly well rounded through that time. But guys, as we know on this show, I constantly have things to do on Sundays with with my my in laws. And I had to set up a nativity scene at St. Joe's Church during during what has been described to me as the greatest soccer game ever. Some people, including my boss, guy man I host the show with, said it's top three sporting event of his life. And I was yeah, I, making it. I, I, I didn't see a, didn't see a second of it. And you know what? I'll be honest. I mean, if if you ask me to trade, if I can, if I could watch the World Cup game or the Bengals game, even if the Bengals lose, I, I'd make that trade ten out of ten. Oh, no. I don't, I don't, I don't regret missing that that World Cup game. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I 
I, just I would think, trade. I would trade the Bengals. I just think all things considered, even, again, even the Bucks game, even the oh, game not the way it turned out, but like a loss. Yeah, that's yeah. So. I I just I mean, listen, I'm not trying to be like petty or or or, or even you know over the top about this. We have this, to, this we, foot right here. You have to, to do down. something, Reed. I don't. You have to do something. See, here's the thing: is I like I said, I, I didn't care. If if I was gonna be watching that game, it would just been sitting sitting on my couch drinking coffee or anything like that. I, if you would have asked me to do anything over watching that World Cup game, and I know I missed a fantastic, you know, perception changing of a sport game, because like I have a very low perception of, of soccer, and, yeah, and you watch like it, like, this either. is incredible. I I don't regret missing it. I'll put it that way. No, that's I fair. I mean, that's here's the, you know, Paul, this is how I would fashion that. Like, yeah, it's the same concept. It's the same concept of this. And I could understand where he's coming from because he doesn't understand what he missed in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like if you've never been to Ruby's or you've never been to never been uh, more. If, if you've never had an elite steak and you like steak, but you never had an elite steak, then you're like, ah, I'm not missing a whole lot. Right. Yeah. It's just not a big deal There's until the- you have it. And then you're like, well, it's funny you bring that up because maybe I was missing something all along. There's been multiple times where I've gone to make reservations at Ruby's and I've looked, taken a just a peek, just a gander at the menu and saw that I'm going to be spending 75 plus bucks on a, on a steak. And I said, eh, oh, I'll go somewhere else. No, Reed, you get that Freddy salad to start things off. You mix in a you're soup. Selling me, you're selling me Ruby's on a salad. You, all right. Good oh, start. Yeah. Well, you, see, again, you haven't had the Freddy. And you, you mix in a soup, and you get that steak. Maybe you get the steak burrow with a little sea, little seafood taste like into seafood. it too. Oh man! See, this I, is, this I, is, is that's that, a great that's a great analogy, Trace. I'm glad you. you brought that up. That is true. Is it right not? A, I mean, Paul, you're obviously a soccer. Um, How to set up a nativity scene? Uh, you, you appreciate soccer, yes. right? Looks you good. appreciate you appreciate soccer photos. Yeah. yeah, you both do at the table. I I was watching that game yesterday. Um, I mean, it started off very much like Reed said, just had coffee, really wasn't like all into it. I mean, I was watching it as a, as a pure, just it was on TV type thing. And then as it grew on, it's like, okay, I'm starting to understand the legacy of Messi. I'm starting to understand like this. He's never won this before. It, it's like the only thing that yeah. you could say that he doesn't have. So how much of a weight that is on his shoulders, probably. He would never admit it, but that's probably an enormous amount of weight that he was carrying. And then on top of that, you have a whole nation that that is their main sport. It'd be like, imagine America playing in a World Cup where there's actual real American football being played everywhere. And for, for whatever reason, we've just never won that sport. Now we all know that's not the, that wouldn't be the case. But And I was like, I started, to, I started to grow into this. I started thinking like I was getting emotionally invested. And they go up two nothing, and then you're then you supposedly have the best player in the world on the other side, Mbappe, and he finds a way Need to tie help. it. And it's like the the best comment I've ever heard a color analyst say, genuinely, is like when the game was tied two two, and it was getting down towards the later end of the I think it was like right around maybe the sixty seventieth minute or something like that. Yeah. And he's like, if you're tuning in for the first time, this is your first time ever watching. Soccer or whatever term you use. He's like, it's always like this. <laughs> I mean, that that humor in and of itself was like the be- I'll never forget that line. I just like started laughing out loud. But um 
But no, it was a top five sporting a moment in my life, maybe top three, just because of the magnitude I felt from watching it. And Do you think the, the way it ended, he won. Like the, the, I hate PKs, by the way. But outside of that, it was great. Yeah. Did you get that? If you could put that picture up, I want to show I them. I put it in the drive. I've got to show them what what, what I missed or what I was doing while we missed the, the World Cup because it, it was worth it. Wait, wait till you uh, see this picture. But I'll say this uh, about broadcasters. Yeah. You think they were nervous? I mean, if really like 1.5 billion people are watching, yeah. I guess, well, I guess there's different sports because they wouldn't all be watching the English broadcast then. MK's been on my ass all chat long. MK Here, has it, been. MK is one of those guys that, that, that I understand. You maybe don't see my, Michael Kors. See my, see my perceptual things. What I'm trying to explain to you is in my lifetime, and it might be number one theoretically, that will be a top three iconic sporting moment of my lifetime. There, if, if not the biggest thing, I'm not saying to me personally, I'm saying I got to witness something that genuinely could be argued when I'm 400 years dead, they will talk about it. The, They're look, not going to talk about any Super Bowls. Trace, there is no, like American, American people, you know, people watching this, American culture can be obtuse about it, whatever. In a worldwide scale, when you want to talk about the history of sports and the legacy of sports, what happened yesterday in that World Cup final will be talked about more so than any anything that ever happens in America. Beyond beyond like Super Bowls are irrelevant compared to what happened yesterday right. in in Qatar. I mean it's 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 hard to put into words. Half the world watched that. Right. And I know Americans don't want to hear it and I'm not going to try and argue. I didn't it. watch it. Well, MK said that and I quote, who's they? No American will remember it in that a year. Is, I mean, see. So here's what, yeah. here's what I was told one time in my life. And I'm being honest when I say this. I was told, Trace, don't start arguing with stupid people because they'll drag you down. And the next thing you know, you'll be on their same level. So I'm not going to discuss the fact that the World Cup is not going to be talked about in this country in a year. It, 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 it very much will be. In fact, yeah. it'll be talked about in this country in, in amongst soccer fans forever. Did Period. you see Times Square? I mean, Times Square looked like. I mean, it was. I do have a. I do have a funny question about the World Cup, and this is more of like a society thing with America. You seen the drone shot of of uh, Argentina that you yeah. showed? Buenos do Aires. you guys think that if the the United States would look exactly the same if they were playing in a World Cup final? Uh, I would say yes. they would. Yes. Yeah. 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 Without a doubt. Where? Where? Like, like like Times like Times Square would Times be. Square. I almost Times think, Square would be would be rocking. I uh, hear me out on this. What if they got like in a massive jumbotron right there on the uh, – why am I drawing a blank right now? Right there at the courtyard where the presidential inaugural address is. Right oh, in the front mall? Of the, huh, yeah. the mall? Yeah, the mall. Yeah. I feel like that would be the place. Yeah. Yeah. Just a humongous or, line. Or Grant Park, Chicago. Yeah. Well, it, it would be all over the place. Yeah, there'd be, there'd be watch parties everywhere. Where there wasn't a watch party was St. Joseph's Church where there was a nativity scene being set up. <laughs> and boy, did it look – did it look good. It looked great, Trace. Yeah, I don't. I listen. I I don't. I don't like soccer at all. I really don't. In fact, I used to make fun of soccer when I was a kid. I used to tell my parents that it was a huge waste of land every time I seen a soccer field. And I, to a certain extent, still feel that way from time to time. I don't go to FC Cincinnati games. I'm not interested in them. Um, but I, I I I'm at least not naive enough to understand that I just seen something that is. Arguably one well, of the best things that I've, that I've and seen. And you know the other thing, too, which is why there was so much drama yesterday, and this goes back to what the American comment always is about soccer, is you knew that in the 88th minute when Mbappe 
tied that match with mm-hmm. the penalty kick, you knew we were going to see somebody win, right? Like we weren't, we, it wasn't going to draw at two right. two, and we're sitting there like, oh right. man, like we just watched the two best players in the world right now, Mbappe and Messi, and we're just gonna, it's just gonna end in a draw three minutes later after Mbappe scored this in, one of the most incredible goals you'll see in a sure. World Cup final. We were like, no, we have another half hour of this and then potentially PKs. Like, and again, that goes back to the same comment I have, make. You know what's crazy? I haven't even seen a highlight. I haven't even like oh, across me. my Twitter feed, TikTok feed, <laughs> nothing. Haven't Steve even s- is not telling the truth in the chat. He's lying out of his teeth. You see the, I, the Steve, I did see the front row. Steve, if you had if you Steve, let's be honest. If we had to sit down and watch that soccer game yesterday. Or any WMA game in the history of mankind. <laughs> you are watching the soccer game, dude. You are. Yeah, it could have been 0-0 and still still probably. I mean, come on. The WNBA, that's low. <laughs> oh, man. Let's not go that low. Oh, man. All right. Wheel of lunch. What we got? What we got on the docket, guys? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do we have? Throw something quick. In fact, there. right now, I bet Steve. Yeah, let's do McDonald's, Steve, Wendy's. Steve, if you live in Cincinnati, you couldn't tell me the three WNBA teams that are closest to you right now. <laughs> that's a Maybe good, even two. That's a good question. Wow, actually. Chicago Sky. Got to be. Indiana. What? The Fever. Fever. That's all I got for you. Chicago Sky got to be close. There's no Ohio WNBA team. No. Does Detroit have one? Oh yeah. Like we're gonna believe people in the chat. They're just they're just a, literally a tab away from Google. New York Liberty. New York Liberty. <laughs> Brutal. Man, by the way Have you ever wa- I, I I genuinely have not. Have you ever watched no. more than thirty seconds of WNBA? I, the basketball? Highlights highlights uh, are all I get. Highlights on sports. I, watch, I mean I watch I'm not talking about highlights. I'm saying like literally the game's on, you no. watch it. Well if it's on like you're at you're at somewhere to eat and they just have ESPN on. And that's that's where it's on. Then yeah, uh, I don't, we gotta shut the chat down. Uh, <laughs> um, oh no, I'm trying to think here. Golly, we need the wheel of lunch. Taco Bell, we need a fast Wendy's. Jockos. The Jockos on the list. Oh, and then man. all eight of them. By the way, Paul. What? You ready? You ready? First NHL game for both of us, First right? First NHL game for right both now. Reed and I. Me and me and Paul sitting rinkside. Rinkside, baby. You guys are big time. Reed, rinkside. Reed told me like not everyone could go to the Bet Fred Suite and watch every Bengals game. Reed told me like three months ago, hey Paul, I want to see a Stars game this year. Found the Stars game, threw it on the calendar, and made it happen. You, and that's what you do. You came, came through. You don't talk about it. You also about it. the real Spirit Cat brought up the tweet that I put out. That meme. Did you see that meme I put out? From where it's you, like you'll never you, forget where you it put is. that out every. every so game yeah, game. I, I think maybe the real Spirit Cat like hadn't seen that before, but that's kind of a shtick because I tweeted that last year after the. You remember the Chargers game, the last game of the season, where if it tied, it would have gone. Yes, to, yeah. And everybody was like being so dramatic, and they we were actually like, talked about that outside the. Yeah, and and everybody was like, oh my god, like this is one of the greatest NFL games of all time. Well. I like earnestly yeah. tweeted that, and yeah. then like joking. Twenty yeah. minutes later, realized, oh my god, this is the stupidest. Tw-. But I just I didn't delete it, and then my roommates from college did the like make it a quote thing. So mm-hmm. now now anytime there's a great game, I just throw that out there. It's 
going back to that game, you remember when there was all that debate about whether they should just because both if they tied, both teams would make the postseason. Right. Whoever won got in the postseason. So if they tied, and the Steelers would have been out. Yeah, if they tied, they would have both made it. Yeah. So people were like, should they just like shake hands in the middle of the field and just knee it out until the end of the game? And we we joked about it like they played regulation, they got it. When it goes, when you end regulation in a tie, they should have said right there, like, "All right, we tried to make this competitive, guys. Like, let's let's go into this this overtime and just like we we did our best. We did the honorable thing and played this game, but it didn't yeah. just ended up that we yeah. are tied at the end of regulation. Let's just need this thing out and both go to the postseason." I think every time I've tweeted that meme, which is like four or five times, I've been sitting in the same spot. What is <laughs> Izzy's in my basement? Izzy's is a. Uh, they have Rubens. It's a sandwich place. I don't think there's an Izzy's around here. We ready for wheel? Uh, we Izzy's. have a. Is, is Izzy's like a tier wheel today. Yeah. Izzy's is a chain. Potato pancakes. Happy Hanukkah. Oh, oh. Also, before everybody leaves here, we're gonna do our sports betting 101. That's true. Here. Yeah. On the other, so as soon as this ends, as soon as we do the wheel lunch, Reed and I are gonna get up there and do a uh, for not too picky. We're gonna do our sports betting 101. I don't have an update. How on have our, I not had Izzy's? If like a bunch of people are saying they've had Izzy's. Yeah, it's really good. There's none, there's none around here. I mean, there's like the closest one's probably like 30 minutes away, 25 minutes away. All right, what we got? Oh, man. Can you throw we, one more in there? Can yeah, you throw, we like, got to throw something up? else in we, we can't get We can't get 25% chance of going to Jocko's. <laughs> um, uh, we can throw White Castle in there. MK, we only talk muskies after in the Xavier247 Twitter spaces. It's when we really get muskies well, talking. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, it's true. Wednesday. Haven't beaten Seton Hall in four years since Chris Mack was the coach. Chris Mack, big who At day. home. At big home. who day. He was there. Else. He goes to every game, I'm pretty sure. All right. He watched the AFC Championship in Ross. Eli Sports Bar. Go ahead. Let's roll. I'm out in the boonies. Mack I'm, did? I'm out in the boonies, AJ. I can't be out in the you boonies. You put White Castle over all eight up. All right. AJ, I am sitting in the largest city Outside of Cincinnati and Dayton in Southwest Ohio. Eighth biggest city. Eighth biggest city in Ohio. In Ohio. I mean, what, what are we talking about? Oh, no. Oh, we should have put Gold Star free. Or it's the three-way, right? Oh, yeah. no. Go. Some people are saying Gold Star is better than Skyline. We don't have a Gold Star around here, though. That's There's one on the west side and the east side. Come on. Come the on. east side shut down. Oh, no. All right. Jocko's Taco Bell, baby. Jocko's likes to be a, a, a finalist. It's been on the list twice, and it's gotten down to the Christmas colors. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Okay, it looks like we're going ah! to Taco Blast. Bell. It's good. All right. It's good Taco to say. All right. Uh, sports betting 101. Good show, guys. Packers, Packers playoffs. Start tonight. Start tonight. Yeah, the road to the playoffs start tonight. Jordan Love or Aaron Rodgers? I'd like playing. to see Jordan Love play a little bit more, but he's not going to because you just can't do that, I guess. That's just not the thing that you do when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and I love Aaron Rodgers, but I think he's right there on the same boat as Tom Brady. I hope they go out together. And, Did you hear that? Uh, Sammy Watkins released. Well, there might be something to that. 30 minutes ago. They just released him on the day of the game. Yep. Backers are releasing wide receiver Sammy Watkins. Go on waivers. How's that work? You walk, you walk into the facility and the doors are all locked, and you're like, "I have a game today," and they're like, "No, you don't. Here's your stuff." Cutthroat business. All right. You need another weapon down in Cincinnati. He's available. Yeah, we do, don't we? Let's get another one. 
Bring them on. Practice squad. All right. Well. Till Wednesday for us. Yeah. Tomorrow for Tom. I'll see you guys in about 30 seconds. Right. Gray-haired Cincinnati Bengals announcer who doesn't like the Bengals. <laughs> he he we'll doesn't like Ohio State players either. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank see you, guys. You.